Friends, this uh, past week I have to admit that I was so jacked up for this Toledo-Notre Dame game <laughs> that my homily juices just were not flowing. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll figure out a homily on the drive back from the game. <laughs> and then I, I was so heartbroken that I couldn't figure anything out either. Uh, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> there are some football players with us this morning, so special shout out to them. Rocket Nation is proud of yes. I just thought my prayers were going to be better than all the Holy Cross <clears throat> priests and Catholics and Notre Dame, but we just fell a short. In the time that I did reflect on the readings, I was really drawn to the line uh, that Jesus says in, in rebuke of Peter. Peter, you're seeing things not as, you're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. You're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And, I mean, how easy is that for us? How tempting is that for us, right? To put the primacy on our thoughts, uh, our judgments, our expectations of what God's supposed to do, our reliance on earthly secular wisdom, instead of constantly going to the source uh, of Jesus as the fountain of truth. Like that's, I, I just think that's so tempting for all of us, to see the world without the view of eternity. Right? Without God's lens. Right? Because in some sense, that's a great definition of faith, right? A supernatural viewpoint. Right? It's to see the world with kind of supernatural glasses, spiritual glasses, to see things from God's point of view rather uh, than primarily our point of view. So I wanted to kind of play that out in terms of a couple things in the readings that I think show that disconnect between the human perspective and God's perspective. So the first is that human beings love to parse out and separate out faith and love. But for God, they're inextricably linked. And so this is, of course, based on that second reading, that profession of, of James that declares that faith without works is dead. Right In this passage, with a number of passages in Paul's, of course, we're at the center of the Protestant Reformation. And what is the relationship between faith and works? What is the relationship between faith and love? And we, we kind of like to parse those out, and it's easy to do. Like, we can think, um, because I'm faithful, right, I believe in Jesus, I think he's really important, I come to Mass, um, like, I pray once in a while, like, that that exempts us sometimes from the radical demands of the Gospel. Right? Like, because I have faith, um, I'm exempted from some of the radical things that Jesus uh, might demand of me in the living out and expressing of that faith. But it also can be true on the other end. We can kind of rely on the fact that we're just kind of a good person. Right? I'm just a good person. I'm better than most other people. Right? Like in college we can do this like, I'm not doing some of the things I know other college students are doing. Right? And it's like, that then can be used to exempt us from total reliance and surrender to God's grace. Right? I'm always haunted by Jesus in John's Gospel. He says, without me, you can do nothing. It's like without God's grace and a radical surrender to God's grace, like us being good people is just like the bare minimum for what the call is in terms of 
of our works and our life. So we can actually rely on our good works on the other end and be like, I'm pretty good, and therefore I'm exempt from total surrender to God's, uh, to God's grace. And so maybe we're tempted in one of those two areas, and I think that's thinking as human beings think. For God, right, these two things are inextricably linked. The more faithful we are, the more loving we should be. Right? The more loving we are, we should be seeking out ways to find the greater demands that God calls us to. So there I think there's a disconnect often between how we think of faith and love and how God thinks about it. The second disconnect is like, we want Jesus' mission on our terms. Right? This is what happens in the Gospel today with Peter. Right? Peter's a great character because within about 20 seconds... Right? He gets this kind of wrong. So, you know, he, he says, he starts to say something really good. You are the Messiah. And in Mark's version, unlike Matthew's, Jesus cuts him off right at that. Because I think Jesus kind of knows what Peter might mean by Messiah. Right? He says, you are the Christ. Jesus might know, like, Peter might mean by that what a significant amount of Jews expected about the Messiah, right? Which was this kind of wonder worker who was going to provide a kind of political liberation from the oppression of the Romans, right? It was an earthly liberation. It was a material liberation. And Peter just cuts him off. Or Jesus cuts him off. He says, don't tell anybody what you just said, because I don't want anybody misinterpreting my mission as primarily about political liberation. Right? It's not primarily about earth. Primarily about heaven. And then Peter goes on to show that Jesus' instincts were right. Because Jesus starts to tell him, you know what, the Messiah's going to have to suffer and die and go through all of this. And Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him. And I'd love to know what he said. But we probably know what he said. Some version of, Jesus, you don't have to do this. Okay, God can save us anyway. You don't, you don't have to suffer. I want the heavenly spiritual mission on my terms. And so Jesus says, uh, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking as, not as God does, but as human beings. You want Jesus on your terms. You think you have the right expectations of what God's supposed to do. Right? You've created an idol out of what you think God is. How God's going to save. Right? What God's going to do. God's plan. You think you know. But you're thinking as human beings and not as God does. And so we might be tempted to want Jesus on our terms. Right? Want Jesus on our terms uh, instead of surrendering uh, to Jesus. And then the final uh, the sort of disconnection I saw is that human beings see the rewards without the cost. But God sees that only through the cross can you get to the glory. Right? And so that's what Peter doesn't understand. Right? It's like, no, there, there's this quote from St. Rose of Lima. She said, the only ladder by which we get to heaven is the cross. <clears throat> That we want the rewards without the costs. We want the benefits without the hard work. This is a temptation for us. And Jesus says, no, you have to take up your cross. 
You have to lose your life in order to gain it. Right? You have to give yourself away in order to find meaning. It sounds counterintuitive, right? We're, we're told today culturally that it's through self-indulgence and self-promotion that we find self-fulfillment. But it's the exact opposite, according to Jesus. It's not through self-indulgence and self-promotion. It's through self-sacrifice that we find self-fulfillment. And so Jesus says, it's, it's, you, think, you think by by indulging yourself and promoting yourself, you can find meaning for yourself. Right? That's how human beings think. But God doesn't, God knows that's not the path. The path is the cross. The path to glory and fulfillment and contentment and happiness and meaning is through self-sacrifice, which is never easy. It's dying to self in order that you might rise. So we might be tempted to think that as well, that we can have it all without the requisite hard work of daily taking up our cross, whatever crosses that we bear, which we bear very uniquely, uh, all of us, the particular uh, crosses that we bear. So friends, those are some thoughts I had on the drive home last night. Uh, I had some students helping me on the drive, though they all fell asleep at some point. Uh, and which is good. I'm not sure I would have made it back to Mass if they had won uh, yesterday. Who knows? Uh, but those are some, I think, disconnections I see between how human beings think, right, and how God sees the world. And I think our, our mission in faith, right, is to try and strive to see the world from the divine perspective, to see the world not as human beings do, but as God does.